This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's fell to rushing, and we're going to be talking about gardening. Hope you've got some stuff to talk about because... uh, I mean, if I if I talk, I can talk about a pencil for forty five minutes. I'm retired extension service. You know what I'm saying? You know, you give me a pencil, we'll talk about it. And uh, but I, and I did find a lot of cool stuff when I was walking in this morning. A lot of things that are beginning to bloom for fall. There's a lot of fruiting plants out there. Uh, beginnings of fall color here in Central Mississippi. I'm sure there's a lot more up north and and a few plants a little early, but. Um, in general, what I noticed was uh, things hunkering down. All this rain we had uh, this past week and the cool weather, that's what's going to stimulate a lot of the fall color. But I noticed that the fire ants are building up. You know, they don't like rain. They don't like cold. And so after we get us some cold rains, they build their mouths up nice and high, partly for drainage and partly so their mouths can collect the sun, a little energy to help warm it up. You know, they're pretty clever that way. They sort of like us throwing up a bunch of solar panels on the on Mars real quick. So, uh, and a matter of fact, I took a picture. I found uh, one mouth that had a red... Um, uh, a leaf of a sweet gum tree, a small sweet gum leaf on a fire ant mound with some grass. I'm thinking, that's nice. Matter of fact, uh, maybe I can get Java to put that on as the as a picture for our blog this week. But uh, anyway, quite a few fruiting plants. The birds are going to have plenty to eat this fall, this winter. It's a lot of good-looking stuff coming along. Even some flowers that are blooming. Uh, I noticed that the bees are active on a surprising shrub. We don't think about Eliagnus, which is a raggedy-looking plant. The plant makes my hair look good. I got scraggly, long gray hair uh, down past my shoulders, but Eliagnus sends up these vines everywhere because it is a vine. We just treat it as a shrub. And if you'll pull the the, uh, the the foliage back, you'll see hundreds and hundreds of little small, sort of a golden brown, little small flowers that are loaded with beet, intensely fragrant, and they're going to leave uh, lead to little small banana-shaped fruits, little oblong fruits that in December perfectly edible, nice and sweet. So uh, that's one of those urban foraging type things. Eliagnus shrub, whether you keep it tight, pruned, or, or let it go wild, it's going to have flowers right now. They're fragrant, good for bees. And also in the wintertime, in December, early January, lots of fruit, which are perfectly edible to us. That's a little stuff that we like to talk about. Hey, if you want to give us a call, it's toll-free, one mpb ring and uh, this is Fridays with Felder. <laughs> I don't know what that, what's that, Java? You just well, um, I see we have a caller, and it's um, if it's Aaron from Meridian with the students, they've been doing the Fridays with Felder. Okay, well, hey, Aaron, good morning. How are you, sir? Doing good, Felder. How are you doing this morning? But, you know, I, not so bad. Thank you. Well, good. Well, good. Look, I got Kennedy here with me again, and uh, she's going to ask you a question on my behalf this morning. Okay. 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 All right, we'll put, I'm going to put her on right now. All righty. Good morning, Kennedy. How are you doing this morning? I'm good. How are you? You know, not not so bad. You know, it's not raining, and I walk a lot. So uh, what, what's going on? What y'all got going on I can help with? Okay, so my teacher, Mr. Pogue, has some butternut squash growing in his garden, mm-hmm. and he was able to harvest it uh, a lot earlier in the summer, but the vine died while there were still a few left yeah. that haven't ripened yet. He wants to know, will they ripen off the vine? 
Well, that's a really good question, and uh, and there's actually science behind it. Some some fruits, when you take them off the vine, they continue to get softer and sweeter. The the sh- the the sugar, the carbohydrates in them, uh, like in sweet potatoes and squash, they convert into sugar. They get sweeter and they get softer, but they don't ripen anymore. Uh, once you pull them off the vine, whether it's a tomato or a squash. They don't get any more food going into them, and uh, so so they can't develop anymore. When they're cut off from their roots, they can't continue to ripen. But they'll get softer, they'll get mellower, they'll get sweeter. And uh, so so there's that. If if he picks them when they're too early, then unfortunately the hard shell squash like butternut won't continue. They 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 can decay. So if you could take your thumbnail and stick it into the skin, if it if it's hard to puncture the skin. It's ripe enough to where it'll 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 last a long time. But if it bruises, if it's real soft, you need to go ahead and cut it up and treat it like a and put a lot of butter and sugar on it and eat it. Okay. Oh, hey, I don't. You want you want to know a really weird word? Mm, uh, no. Yes, sir. No, you really don't. But I'm gonna give it to you anyway. Climeractic, not not like climate, but climeractic and anti-climeractic. That's the physiology term for fruits that ripen when you take them off the plant or not. Climeractic. F- forget that. You'll come across it in biology a long time from now. Yes, sir. Appreciate it, Aaron. Uh, I mean, excuse me, Kennedy. Thanks, Aaron. Appreciate it, Kennedy. <laughs> Thank you. You bet. Oh, the weird stuff I had to learn, I thought. I never, you know, Java, you learn so that I, I don't need to know this. Well, it does come in handy sometimes. Yeah, yeah, but but where did I come up with anticlimactic? <laughs> I don't know. I appreciate Aaron. Um, he's really I gotta almost turned it into a segment. Fridays with Felder. Fridays with Felders. <laughs> That's right. That's Mister. You're rushing to you, Miss Kennedy. <laughs> no, I'm just matter of fact. Uh, and let me announce something. I you know I'm not superstitious. I you know one of those kind of things. But I'll go ahead and say ahead of time. Hope I don't jinx it. But in a little bit over a month, I'm going to be a granddad for the first time. My daughter-in-law, Stevie, and my son, Ira, are expecting in uh, early December. The reason I brought that up because they said, what you want them to call you, Felder? And I said, Felder? <laughs> pawpaw? I don't know. No, just plain old Felder. Thank you. That'll work. Yeah, you got You look like a, like a pawpaw. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Pawpaw, he was, you know what pawpaw said, Daddy? <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, I, I, I got some flowers when I was coming in this morning, some Eliagnus flower, uh, but also the camellia that blooms in the fall, camellia sasanqua. They've got smaller leaves than the midwinter camellia japonica. The flowers are smaller. You usually see them in pink, white. There's some ribbons out there, but uh, camellia sasanqua is a great one that bridges summer to winter because it blooms in typically October, November, into December. And there's some really good compact small shrubs and some that can be pruned up in a nice small tree for evergreen tree form shapes. But Camellia sasanqua is one of those that we in the South can enjoy uh, where our, our, our friends uh, up north in, in uh, New England, they have to grow up in pots and drag them in indoors. So anyway, this color this time of year that's just coming on uh, that, that brightens up our spirits because, you know, this kind of dreary weather like we've had the past week or so sure makes your pineal gland shrink up. You know, pineal gland is what helps determine your moods. And if it gets it shrinks up for lack of stimulation, we get what's called a seasonal affective disorder 
or the blues. And uh, whether you call them the blues or the blahs or whatever, these kind of flowers help keep our pineal gland stimulated, keep us a little bit less gloomy. Uh, let's go down to uh, Magnolia and talk with John. John, are you Magnolia, Mississippi? Yeah, good morning, Bill. Good morning. What's up, man? Uh, look, I'm going to ask you something. I got some uh, 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 kales that's growing, but the ants is eating them and they're dying. Wait, what, what kind of plant? Kale? Yeah. Ants eating kale. I've had rats and squirrels and possums eating mine, but no ants. Well, are, are they? Are they? I mean, they're not chewing it and taking it away. No, they're just they're just. I don't had two or three plants to die, and I dug around. There's a bunch of ants down under there. Yeah. Can you tell if they're fire ants or not? Do they make mounds? Uh, I think a little red looking ants, I think a brown looking or something. Yeah. If they're if if they're not fire ants, usually they're they're not destructive. Per se, what they can do is they can over aerate the roots, and that might be a problem. Um, and you know, and you can use ant. I don't know if the ant baits will work on those or just the fire ants. I I, I just don't know. But uh, I don't know that. You know, I'm really I'm really not comfortable recommending a lot of insecticides around plants that you're going to eat. But luckily, the kale plants uh, we eat their foliage, and if you mix up some insecticide that's labeled for the garden. Uh, and uh, then pour it around the roots. You don't have to mix it strong. Matter of fact, just a tiny little bit in a lot of water will do a good job. So next time you water them, if you'll just mix a little, whatever they recommend for aphids, you know, not seven dust. Seven is for chewing insects, but whatever they recommend for, for aphids. Uh, if, you, if you'll mix it up and just a little bit in a lot of water and just water around there, that'll take care of without having to put it all over the plants. This stuff is not absorbed into roots and up into the leaves, so you don't have to worry about poisoning you. In other words, just don't overdo it and just pour it around the roots. Okay, one more question on action and then let you get back to your business. There. No, uh, no, 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 this is my business. <laughs> yeah, you talked to me before, but you don't got who I am. I'm that old Cherokee Indian from... Oh, yeah, from, yeah, 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 yeah. Going on the Indian reservation. Mm-hmm. Is it too late to set out uh, collets? I hope not, because I got to replant all mine. I, I don't know whether it was rats or possums or squirrels or whatever, but I've set out collards. I set out broccoli. I even set out Brussels sprouts and ca- and cabbage and something. Shoot them down to just green stems. And I, I've got me some chicken wire. Made me a a little box I can put over them. But I'm gonna replant this weekend. So I don't. Th- it's not too late. Yeah, but it's okay. That's what I wanted to find out. Then I got a grapevine, but it's under a tree. Can I move it now? Or wait till everywhere. I well, I'd wait till after it drops all of its leaves. And uh, and if, if is it climbing all up in the tree? Is it a good size vine? Uh, it's pretty good size. Yeah. yeah, I would. You know, this is gonna half kill you to do this, but since when you move it, you're gonna leave most of the roots behind. You're only gonna get the little nubs that are up close to the vine, and you really ought to balance that by pruning it back, and it'll sprout out next spring and the new growth next spring will be sort of fit the roots but if you don't prune it back you're going to leaf out next spring come summer it's going to have a lot more leaves and roots and it's going to up and die so i'd prune it back okay all right i appreciate you very much when you're going back up tennessee way i just but you know i'm not doing much traveling these days i'm like everybody else you know i don't even go to my pub at night you know i'm missing i miss the repartee with all my buddies with all the blokes at the pub but i'm not getting out doing much these days just doing a lot of walking and smelling and seeing and hearing and feeling you know sensory stuff just around the yard knocking around the yard well uh, you're about like me i ain't been home well i went home last year yeah. state, and left this year 
me, actually, when I was coming back to do the garden. I said, hey, I'm not coming home right now. So I'm going to let you go. Because I, I miss home, but I'm down here with you. Well, we uh, got a, we got a, oh, John, we got our homes in our heart. Yeah, right, right. Appreciate right. it, man. Good luck on that, on that grapevine and the ants thank too. You. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Have a blessing. Yep. Thank you, thank you. We're talking to John down in Magnolia from Tennessee. Now we're going to talk to John from Madison. Hey, John. Good morning. Good morning, Felder. My tomato, my tomatoes aren't turning red. Shall I go ahead and pull them up? Well, I mean, if if you if you have to, we still got Indian summer ahead of us, so we still got plenty of warm weather ahead of us. So, you know, if if it's going to be a, a a frost or a freeze, you know, then you don't have much choice. But I believe my first call this morning was a young young lady uh, asking about that. When you pull a tomato off the vine, that's as ripe as it's going to get. It'll color up if it's if it's already sort of in the pink stage. If you see just a little color, it'll go ahead and red up and it'll soften. But that's a slow decay. It ain't ripening. So the longer you leave them on the vine, the more sugars and flavors are going to get. Well, the the trade-off seems to me is that will these uh, cooler weather crops like I want to I want to plant back with uh, turnips and collards and uh, kale and whatnot will they germinate as well when it gets uh, much colder not really you know things you grow from seed um, you know a lot of the seed plants really better start in September so they get a little size on them by now but uh, if you haven't grown st- if you haven't planted stuff from seed except for quick stuff like lettuce and leafy greens uh, so what you could do, the toss off would be to start them in, in little little cups, little you know styrofoam egg cartons or something like that. Uh, but anyway, if you want to work up the ground around your tomatoes, it'll have deep enough roots where you can actually work the dirt up right around the base of them a little bit and start stuff, and then just snip the vine off later. That's a good idea. Okay, well, I appreciate it. Thank okay, you. good luck on it. Bye. All righty, folks, we got some. Plenty of time to talk about whatever's on your mind. I won't try to sell you anything. And uh, I'm not a great gardener. I dug my sweet potatoes this year. First time I planted sweet potatoes in huh, 12, 14 years. You know, I'm usually gone in the summertime. But I planted sweet potatoes and corn and beans and squash and tomatoes and peppers and okra. Uh, not like a real garden garden, but in little raised beds and containers here. Anyway, I finally dug my sweet potatoes, and they were nothing. One one potato and a few little stringy looking things and the reason is because i didn't take my own advice i always say be gentle with fertilizer think of salt and pepper not like sugar on your grits for those of you who put sugar on your grits anyway i over prepared the soil i gave it a little too much fertilizer and i got the most beautiful sweet potato vines but not much much fruit anyway what i'm saying is i'm not a great gardener but I can tell you what to do. Just don't take my, I just don't take my own advice. We'll be right back here at MPB. Hi, I'm Ryder Taff, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advisory and co-host of Money Talks. Each week, we take your personal finance questions and tell you about a money topic we hope you find helpful. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart devices podcasting platform. All righty, folks, welcome back. Horticulturist Felder Rushing. Hey, I heard a, a, a really good botanical or horticulturist joke the other day. That's not that good. It's kind of macabre. But if you want to bury a body, if you're a horticulturist, you know that you bury a body under an endangered plant. 
because then it's illegal to dig it up. But a boom. Okay, moving on. Let's go down to Mobile, Alabama. Good morning, Mikey. How are you doing? Hey, good morning. Um, I'm surprised a little bit. Um, I got a question regarding what I call the slam, which is when the weather goes from 80 degrees to 40 degrees. <laughs> yep, and it does it in the south like people up north don't understand because it slowly gets cooler up there. Yet we get slammed down here. It's nothing like a hurricane to um, acerbate it, right? That's right. <laughs> and uh, so that's what we got right now in Mobile, um, and it's projected to get even a little bit cooler. So my question is regarding um, mulching over. Uh, now, I've saved some bags of mulch that my neighbor, you know, who was throwing it away, very kindly gave to me. And, you know, right now is the least time that you can find organic stuff because it's going to be a couple of months now before my oak trees start, you know, dropping stuff. Right. So um, is it better to go ahead and put the mulch on now while I'm in the, you know, the slam, semi-slam, you know, kind of? I mean, because it won't do it overnight. I'll, I'll have maybe a week, maybe yeah. two, right? Well, well yeah, well, f- first of all, this weather doesn't bother roots. Though. Plants that are hardy, plants that are tough, and normally the, the more durable flowers that we plant every year, they don't mind this kind of stuff. D- you know, down in the 20s, a frost, yeah, that's a whole different ball game. But in the south, when we get cool weather, even a frost in town, that first one, it's not that big a deal in town because they measure temperatures at the airport, and our soils stay warm. They retain heat. Uh, so, so, you know, it, it, it's not it's not as big a deal right now. The roots can take a lot colder temperature than the air temperature in the fall. Well, again, because it's radiated heat uh, from the from the soil. I would, you know, for I keep mulch on my plants all the time. The only time I mulch a plant for the first time is when I plant it for the first time. So, you know, if you want to freshen up the mulch, you know, the, the, you can do that anytime. Don't worry about the temperatures out there. The the physiology uh, perspective is the longer you keep it unmulched, the longer the roots will stay warm with the sun shining on it, and the more they'll grow because roots will continue to grow into the into the winter even when the top goes dormant. So well, may I ask? May I ask? Because I'm looking at this from a different perspective. I'm putting uh, four o'clocks to sleep and hoping to use that area to maybe mulch and then put in greens as about what you were talking earlier. Well, the, the greens, you know, just pull the most back and stick the greens in, in the dirt and pull the most back no, up no, around. They're not, they're not started. I'm thinking of broadcasting seed. Well, you, you don't you want to mulch them because the seed's got to have sunshine, you know. So, you know, what, this, you know the, the four o'clocks are perennials. They make a tuber like a little football in the ground. Yes, and uh, so, you know, those are perennials. You can cut them down, throw some seeds around it, and then uh, worry about mulch. I wouldn't even worry about mulch, to tell you the truth, uh, you know, in, in Mobile for something like this because uh, there's not enough time for weed seeds. You know, we, we mulch largely to protect the soil from extreme temperatures. And uh, to make it pretty. And, and to make for, 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 for cosmetics, but, uh, but also to help suppress weed seeds from sprouting. And, uh, you know, you can handle all that, but just I wouldn't worry about the mulch. Great. So Thank you, you, you Use it for cosmetics whenever you get around to it. Hey, mascara, man. Yeah, mascara on. I'm sorry, Builder. You can do it for me, okay? That's okay. All right. Appreciate <laughs> okay, it, Mikey. All righty. Now, let's slide up. To, by the way, uh, Java, I just found out something, in case you wonder why I took my mask off, because they're also good for cleaning up spilled coffee. 
<laughs> and when I'm walking home, it's going to make me feel like I need a cup of coffee. There you go. <laughs> Good morning, Jim from Jackson. How are you this morning? Good morning, Felder. Jim Rosenblatt here. Howdy. What's up? <clears throat> Would it be beneficial to my garden to take the ashes from my fire pit and incorporate them into the soil? And if so, is there a danger of putting too many in? Yeah, well, wood ash is beneficial. They have potassium and a lot of the other stuff that doesn't go up in smoke, literally. Yeah, but here's the thing. Wood ashes are also highly alkaline. If you pile them on, you can over over anti-acidify, whatever you alkalinize. I don't know if this is a ver- Anyway, uh, too thick causes a real problem. Luckily, they're water-soluble, so you can scatter them over an area, and after three or four good rains, you could put them over the same area because they dissolve and wash away. But you don't need to necessarily work it in because they, they, they'll soak in with every rain. But uh, the main thing is is uh, a light dusting, and if you have too many, throw the rest. I wouldn't put them under azaleas or camellias or blueberries because they like acidic soil, but you can just scatter them around. Around the lawn, and or save them and put them back in the same garden spot after every few rains. Oh, okay. Well, thanks very much, Felder. All right, appreciate it. Good to hear from you. Yes, sir. Okay, now let's slide up the uh, slide up the road a little bit up Highway Forty Nine to Greenwood. Hey, Bill. Good morning. Hey, Felder. How you doing? So uh, far, so good, man. And I hear you say that we're going to have some more Indian summer. I hope it will. Well. We always do, you know, and I don't know where the where the term Indian summer comes from. I don't think it's Native American summer, but anyway, it's that cool that warm spell we get after the first cool spell in the fall. So usually it's going to come in mid to late November, December. After we get us a little cool weather, it warms back up, and we it always happens. Well, that's good. This, this time this cold weather really got to me. This time, it just... and we ain't had cold weather yet. We ain't <laughs> had nothing. I mean, you know, freeze, ice, yeah, that's cold weather. This kind of stuff makes plants feel good. It releases hormones in plants, just like it does with, you know, it gives us goosebumps. It tells plants it's time to hunker down, and they need this cool weather to sort of put the brakes on summertime to toughen up before winter. So cool weather sort of it uh, acclimates plants, gets them ready for winter. They like it. Okay. And we put a sweater. We put a sweater on because it feels kind of weird to us. They say, "Love it, love it, bring it on." Okay, I, I bought some bulbs, and uh, they're they're. I never seen them around here before. Called a globe, big old blue flowers. Is there any kind of special way to plant them, or can I just plant them just like any other kind of bulb? Well, I, I'm not sure by that name. Um, Globe amaranth. I oh, think glam- right. globe amaranth. Oh, blue round flower. Yeah, you know I think that they grow in the summertime. Uh huh. Globe amaranth. Oh no 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 no. Uh, okay, I, I might have to stop and think. Globe amaranth. Uh, I'm, I'm stumped. I'm stumped. I know what it is, but I can't picture it because I had something else on my mind. So when we play the tune, I'm gonna Google it and remind myself. Globe amaranth. I, I, I'm stumped. I'm I'm having I'm having a, a senior moment. <laughs> I've had fun. Yeah. 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 Anyway, I, I'll find out for you. I mean, I'm going to smack my head as soon as I find out what it is. All right. Thank you so much. I'll be listening. All righty, Bill. Appreciate it. And by the way, folks, well, Indian summer, that little warm spell we have after a cold snap, after a frost, the corollary to that in the springtime, it warms up. Everybody plants tomatoes, and then we get that last sudden hard frost. Uh, That's called blackberry winter. 
It's when blackberries come into bloom after we get a warm spell. So blackberry winter, Indian summer, interesting little things we have here. Uh, before we go take uh, do our tune, let's go up to Saltillo and talk to Vicky. Good morning, Vicky. Good morning. Um, I found something in my garden that I need to destroy, and I need some help. Um, I found a patch of cane that moved across the road from um, from another person's lot. Yeah, get, get a grip quick. I, well, I didn't. I started on it in about three years ago and <laughs> cut it down and actually um, painted it with brush killer. But I found that my yard guy did not. He's been mowing around it thinking it was something good to keep, and it's exploded. What can I do? Uh, a couple of things. I would not use brush killer. I mean, you know, I, I, I rarely recommend any kind of pesticides unless you really need it. And then let's find the best thing. There is a material that works just like Roundup, and no, it's not going to give you cancer unless you do it every day, all day, for years and years and years. Uh, it's like eating a hamburger. Ain't going to give you colon cancer eating that little bit of red meat. It's, it's, it goes under a bunch of different brand names, but it only kills true grasses, only grasses. Uh, one of the common brand names is Grass Be Gone, but there's a lot of others out there, different brand names. If you'll cut it down over the wintertime, and next spring when it comes up, let it get up about knee-high or waist-high to where it's really growing good, but starting to send stuff back down from the leaves to the roots, spray it with this stuff, and it will only kill bamboo and any other grasses you get on. Bamboo's a grass. And it works like a charm, but it works best on young, active plants that are sending food from leaves down to the roots, which is knee-high to waist-high. And it'll take them out, roots and all. Okay, grass be gone? Well, no, no, that's just one brand name. There's a whole bunch of, you go, it'll be a grass killer, but it won't be, you know, a whole bunch of different brand names. I just can't, I, I don't know what the, you know, whatever they got at the local garden center, they'll know what you're talking about. It's a grass killer. Okay. And a bunch I- of different brands. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> this will work. It really will. All right, bye. Good luck on it. Okay, uh, you want to do a tune or take a call? Okay, Jesse's calling from Flowood. Hey, Jesse, good morning. Good morning. How are you, Felder? Fine. Spilling coffee everywhere, but I'm cheerful about it. That's always a good thing. <laughs> yeah. um, well, my problem is um, I've been having issues with... Uh, uh, caterpillars getting in my pepper plants, so I put some seven dust on there, took care of that problem, but now I got a bit of a bigger problem getting in my peppers. I've got skunk. Skunks? Skunks? Yeah, one, luckily only one, but I can't seem to get rid of them. I put up a fence area around the peppers. It seems to get either dig a hole under the fence, or I've even caught him climbing it a couple of times in the middle of the night. And getting into the leaves and just tearing them up yeah. before before the peppers have started to grow. Yeah. Uh, what are some options you'd recommend to deal with this? Because I don't want to kill them yeah. or anything. Uh, yeah. Poor little Pepe Le Pew. Pepe Le Pew. A lot of people don't even know who I'm talking about. Um, the only th- the only practical thing, and I'm having to do this. I made a little raised bed garden for the first year, uh, uh, first time this year. Jesse is uh, three and a half feet wide, is thirty feet long, and I've took rebar and stuck it on both sides and tied them together at the top with more rebar, and I'm stretching chicken wire over it. And uh, okay. and and what I'm doing is I'm I'm uh, I'm nailing it to boards down at the bottom, but uh, if you think it's digging under, you could if you could make some hoops out of rebar. 
you know, you can get a different length or some PVC pipe, spray paint it so it doesn't look like, you know, PVC. If you'll bend it over, if you'll put the chicken wire wares out a little bit so the skunk has got to stand on it to try to dig under it, that'll help. Uh-huh. Can't, you know, and uh, that, that's the only thing practical is, and chicken wire is the cheapest. It's not, I found it's not as cheap as I thought it was, but any kind of wire fencing uh, bent over on hoops. You know, this is what they do. Uh-huh. Everybody in, in European gardens, every European garden has got uh, fencing and netting over their plants. All of them do because uh, they have problems just like we do. They just stop screwing around with stuff and just start putting fences over their plants. You know, you might well, even be able to, you might even be able to make some little little boxes or something. But uh, the main thing is is uh, chicken wire or dog fencing, something like whatever is cheapest, and then make it where they have to stand on it when they walk up to it, so they can't dig under it. All right, I will give that a try. Thanks, Felder. And good luck on it, because uh, Pepe Le Pew has some surprises for you if you catch it. Oh, trust me, I know. He's already sprayed at me once. <laughs> Thank you, but no. There's not enough tomato juice out there to no. My granddad got sprayed in full in the face and chest once with one, and I, I'll never forget how he smelled. Oh, I, I know what you mean. <laughs> it smells horrible. Yeah. All well, right. well, thank you, Alrighty, man. Appreciate it. Good luck on it. And by the way, I looked I up Globe. I, I just looked up Globe Amaranth, uh, Bill up in Greenwood. Need to find a different name because Globe. I grow Globe Amaranth, but I, it's not a bulb. It's a flower. Some people call it uh, Bachelor Buttons. Bachelor Buttons. I yeah, like that. yeah. It's not the same Bachelor Buttons that grow up north, but these are are stems a little round, about the size of the end of my thumb. A little round, white, or kind of a purple or pinkish flowers. But Globe Amaranth that I know of. Uh, the reason I couldn't think of it, I was trying to fit that with bulbs, and I I, I can't do it. It wasn't matching up. Well, it wasn't matching up. That's right. You know, I've got a. You're too young to remember this, Java. But when I started out with computers, my first one was a Radio Shack Tandy 1000. You couldn't cut and paste. You can only write 250 characters at a time. It couldn't cut and paste and that's what i got in my head <laughs> anyway. now Felder, we had these uh you sent me two tunes now yeah so i didn't know what you wanted which direction you wanted to do because they're, they're kind of different well one one is because a lot of people by the way look at this excuse me while i whip this out <laughs> i i voted Oh, you already? Yeah. Okay. I walked, stood in line. I walked up to at the courthouse. I walked up there. They said, oh, what's your reason? I said, I'm old. They said, okay, <laughs> bring it on. But I went ahead and voted. But a lot of people are just are depressed right now. Well, I'll tell you this. The in-person absentee voting um, ends on Saturday. So even if you're hearing this on Saturday, you have until 5 o'clock at your um, uh, clerk's office. Yeah, chance and clerk, because sometimes it's at the courthouse uh, in, in Hines County, uh, downtown Jackson. But anyway, and you can do it t- today, too. Yeah, up until October 31st. Uh, is the deadline so Saturday? Okay, so let, let's play the kind of a uh, kind of quiet old uh, protest uh, war, protest song from the 1960s because it applies today. Yeah, Buffalo Buffalo Springfield. He really he really did one with this one. There's something happening here. What it is ain't exactly clear There's battle lines being drawn Nobody's right if everybody's wrong 
young people speak in their minds Are getting so much resistance from behind Time we stop, hey, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down A field day for the heat A thousand people in the street Singing songs and they're carrying signs Mostly say hooray for our side It's time we stop, hey, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks. Okie doke, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's fell to rushing. Why don't you give us a call? It's toll free one eight seven seven MPB ring. I did vote yesterday. Stood in the absentee line. It'd probably be a little bit longer. Might have might have been a longer line than if I'd just gone to my precinct in in uh, in uh, on Tuesday. But uh, do you, Java, didn't you say that the uh, boss man here lets everybody off to go vote? Yeah, and then sometimes you have to acknowledge, you know, um, I guess the the privilege that you have because some people are not. Um, you know they don't their uh jobs are not as flexible as others so that's why voting on a tuesday sometimes poses a problem and yeah. this is a record number not you of uh voters who are voting early uh even for the state of mississippi and uh, across the country as a whole it's a, it's it's a big deal and uh one of the things is on the ballot is this proposed new mississippi flag you know i promoted a long time i promoted the magnolia flower and the flag commission credited me with that cuz i gave them a, a presentation a little brochure and uh and i'm going to take a, a good bit of credit for being a magnolia on the flower of the magnolia state but i'm not going to recommend how people should vote i would just say that i voted in favor of it and Felder, I say this just this morning. I was driving down State Street. I usually don't take State Street uh-huh. on the way to uh, MPB this morning. But in front of the old Capitol, they yeah. are flying the um, Ngari Trust flag yeah. alongside the uh, American flag. It looks good on the flagpole. And I said, wow, if this could be permanent. So vote how you want, but yeah, that's that's how I that's how I vote. I'm not going to tell people how to vote, but I will say that I'm, it was a, it I personally was a nice am in favor. Yeah, uh, and by the way, I've got one flying in, in in front of my house. I had one made up, and uh, there's quite a few around the neighborhood. I see it in person 
it's nice looking. Even when it hangs, it looks good. And somebody said, well, if we don't like it, we'll get another. Nobody's going to like, nobody, nobody likes whatever. You know, there's not one going to say, shut up, stop whining, just vote. Either you like it or you don't, but just vote. Uh, anyway, who? But it's a, a Magnolia State. Come on, folks. Uh, let's go to, uh, I can't tell which one is blinking here. Is that uh, Rizland, Jeannie from Rizland. Is it Jeannie or Genia? It's Gina. Gina. Howdy. I didn't get it right. I had two. <laughs> hey, Gina, what's up? <laughs> that happens always. Listen, um, I have a palmetto palm mm-hmm. that I cut back to the ground, and I did some reading on it. It said if you cut it back, you know, it sends out shoots everywhere, and I've tried to pull up the individual little shoots, and it's that's not working. No. I have them coming up everywhere. I've tried Roundup, but... That doesn't seem to be working. Any ideas? Yeah, a couple of things. You know, the palmettos are uh, that's that's a, a native palm. They have a really deep root that has a little crook in it. It's almost impossible to transplant them. So if you want to dig them, you got to you know you got to go down and get a nice little chunk of that root. But usually, just cutting them down will kill them. I, I don't know that they sprout back out like that if you get it down below the ground level. Uh, but no, Roundup's not going to kill it because, you know, the Roundup has to be absorbed into leaves uh, and then move down to the roots. And uh, certain plants, they just say, no, nah, that ain't happening to Roundup. And that's one of them. So other than the cutting, I, it, I I grew up myself and they come up with little seedlings, but I just take a shovel and I reach down into the ground and I sort of pry it out. Okay. okay. And that's about it. You got to get a little chunk of the of the, the stem below the ground. All right. Well, thank you. Good luck on it, Gina. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Okay. Let's slide up uh, to Carthy's now. Hi, Joe. Thank you for holding, man. What's going on? Hello, Joe. Yes, uh, Felder. I uh, had the good fortune of going out to California last week with my daughter, first time ever. Where'd you go? Where'd you we go? Went to, we went up to Redding. Yeah, up up in the trees. Oh, yeah. We saw some beautiful sights out there. But anyway, I couldn't resist picking up some acorns. From a California live oak, <laughs> and I saw online that that's basically the only area they'll grow in. Is there any chance you could you could uh? I I, I don't know. It, it might be that's the only area that they're native to. Okay. You know, there's a lot of plants out on the West Coast that won't grow here because they don't like all of our rainfall. Uh, and that, that they don't like hard, hard freezes and things like that. But up in that part of the, you know, that part of California, most of what they grow will will do okay here as long as you don't put it where it stays too wet. But um, I, I'm I'm pretty sure that what they they're not saying that's the only place it grows. They're probably saying that's the only place to which it's native. Okay, okay. But well, now, have, have, have you sprouted uh, acorns before? I have. I okay, have. so you know you got to jump through some hoops. You got to you got to make it. You got to fool it into thinking it's done some stuff. Uh huh. Like uh, winter time and all that. I don't see any problem with it. Yeah, well, it's a beautiful tree, and I mean the acorn is uh pretty much like our pin oak acorns here, other than it's about some of them's an inch and a half, two inches yeah, long. Yeah, they're big. Um, you know, I do a little bit more research on it. Um, because you know, there's there's some plants that they're they're really specific to certain kind of drainage and temperature ranges. And a lot of plants on the west coast will take ten below zero, but they won't take eighty five degrees at three in the morning. You know, right. a lot a lot of plants on the west coast that don't survive here is because of our hot, humid summer nights. Where, uh-huh. as you know, out in Reading, at, at night, even in the summertime, it cools down at night. Right. That's right. the only. That's the only. Uh, 
weather-related thing I could think that would give us some problems. Okay, okay. I'll give it a try. Hey, I appreciate it. Let me ask you, did y'all drive out there? We drove out. I had to fly back, but, uh, yeah, it was beautiful. We stopped by the uh, Grand Canyon and saw what we could on the way out. Who? I mean, how did you? trip out to the Pacific and the Redwoods and, uh, oh, just uh, Burning Falls. It was beautiful out there. See much fire, or is it south of y'all? It was a little bit of fire still going on out there. We came down one road coming back from the Pacific in uh, Eureka area, and it was uh, they had the road blocked off, and we had to turn around and go back around. It yeah. didn't have the signs. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, well, the, the only thing I suggest when you get this growing, put it in a place that does not in heavy clay, low wet area. Put it where it gets some good drainage because up there, you know, the plants, they, they, they won't take flat dirt that stays wet for weeks on end, which is what we have here. Right. Okay. All right. Well, that's good news, and I appreciate it. Okay. Good luck on it, Joe. Thank you, man. Thank you. Bye-bye. All righty, folks. I, I would like to mention this. I got the funniest little email this past past week from, from a, a, a dedicated listener about a possum that was rescued in Oklahoma that they took to a rescue place, and they opened a box up it was in, and they said a little naked arm stuck. They thought it was a, a furless kitten. It turned out to be a possum you know about this, Java? Did, did they talk about those in Creature Comfort? Well, they actually had a story on uh, one of our national programs. I think it was Morning <laughs> Edition. They were talking about it was brought to a shelter, yeah. and it was a hairless uh, possum. Yeah, and, and, and so everybody's making a little sweat. <laughs> They're making sweaters for it. <laughs> the little possum's got a, 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 a quite the, quite the, uh, the, the fashion. They have hand-knitted sweaters for a little naked possum. <laughs> you know, possums are not pretty to begin with. I had one this past spring I fostered. Uh, I rescued it and I raised it. And they're not pretty under the best conditions. <laughs> but a naked possum. They said it's a little girl possum so you can see her pouch. I'm thinking, I don't want to hear this. But they said they were going to use it as a teaching tool. That's right. because Yeah, that's, that's cool. But possums... I learned a lot about possum. Then, you know, they're not pretty, and yes, they can be nasty, but they are such sweet little creatures. Anyway, I'm Horticulture's Feld Rushing, uh, Java Chapman, Kevin Farrell, all the folks here at MPB. We enjoyed this program so much and uh, look forward to it every Friday and rebroadcast on Saturday. We can take a real quick break and then come back and play just a little bit of a, cheer, a, little bit of a cheery tune. And uh, this cheery tune I selected because I mean it. We'll be right back after this. Get your MPB car tag anytime. It doesn't even have to be up for renewal. Simply go to your county office to sign up. When you get an MPB car tag, a portion of the fee helps MPB continue to educate, inform, and entertain Mississippians. For details, visit mpbonline.org slash car tag. We'll see you on the road. You've got a friend in me. You've got troubles, well I've got them too. There isn't anything I wouldn't do for you. We stick together and we see it through. You've got a friend in me. You've got a friend in me. 
All righty, folks. Welcome back. Horticulturist Felder Rushing. I was just giving a note uh, about a plant swamp that's going to be in flora, and I didn't couldn't find out if it's today or tomorrow. I don't know if it's today or tomorrow. So the guy that got confused about the Hattiesburg plant swamp, don't be calling me because I don't know it. I think it's today, 9 o'clock to 12 o'clock, usually at the flora library. Uh, but this is time it's going to be it's, it's, it's outside. It's at the gin in flora. Nine o'clock to twelve o'clock. I think it's today. Might be tomorrow. <laughs> Maybe they could call the floor. Is it if it's is that the floor library? Li- That's right. Call they the floor library. Give them a call. Yeah, but to it, be sure. Yeah, nine o'clock to twelve o'clock. It's hard to pull a plant swap off over a long period of time because that means it's come and go, bringing and that kind of stuff. But the message says plant swap floor at the gym nine to twelve. Mer- wear a mask is outside. I think anyway. If you if you're interested in that, call the flora. Mississippi Library. Uh, starting to see fall colors out here, folks. Got pyracantha berries. Uh, got the little, the little small, uh, cluster of the small pears on the wild pears. A lot of fun stuff out there if you're a bird. And if you're a bee, there's flowers out there. Eliagnus is blooming right now. Lots and lots of good fall pollinators. Um, and they enhance your garden as well. Uh, you know, yeah. We just got confirmation. If you're listening to us on Saturday, it's today. <laughs> okay, but on but if right, it's on Friday, it's tomorrow. It's tomorrow, but the plant swap in Flora at the Flora Library is on Saturday, so it's but on Saturday at the gym. At the gym, <laughs> okay. it's on Saturday. <laughs> I'll see if I can make it there. It can't be hard to find the gym in Flora. Anyway, look forward to that, folks. If there's some things I can help recommend, shoot me an email. I think we're having a little trouble with emails. I'm not sure right now, but I. For the past few days, I haven't got anything from MPB online, so we need to check on that. Anyway, let's uh, let's talk to Mary, who's calling from from Lafayette County up in Oxford. What's up, Mary? Well, it's going to get uh, freezing mm-hmm. very soon, and I have three plants that I need to know whether I can plant them outside okay. or how to harvest them. First of all, I brought. My son-in-law brought a banana plant up from Orlando several years ago, and he gave me a baby. Well, it's had several babies, so I've got um, two or three containers of banana plants in them. And I wonder if I can plant them and mulch them and if they'll come back in the spring. Most bananas will come back, just like cannas and elephant ears. Most will if you plant them in a pretty good, nice wide hole that doesn't stay too wet because they'll rot you know, it, they don't, bananas don't go dormant. They get frozen. And even in central Mississippi, and they die down, they get really nasty, slimy, but most of the time they come back. There are some that are more tropical, though. So if it came from Orlando, it's not much telling. What I would suggest would be to to, to go ahead and, and uh, if you can, keep it over the winter or cut it back and put it in the garage or protected place. And then if you want to put it in the ground for permanent, I'd wait till next spring so it has a chance to kind of get established before next fall. Uh, the problem is when you pull it out of a pot, uh, Mary, it's got potting soil, and the roots are designed. Are, roots get used to whatever kind of dirt they grow in. If you take a plant that's grown in potting soil and put it in real dirt, that potting soil tends to stay wetter than the dirt around it. So, if you're going to replant it and you want to do it this fall, dig a nice big hole, loosen up as much of the potting soil as you possibly can, work it into your dirt, and then plant it in that combination of its dirt and your dirt, rather than just pull out of the pot, stick it in the ground, because it'll rot. 
Do you have to mulch it a lot? Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. Yes, you do. But, you know, it's just me. Pile pile leaves up over it. Throw Uh throw, throw a bag of leaves on top of it. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. I have a couple others. I have some room. How do you do that? Do you have to to harvest it in the first place? Are you talking about the little gray foley thing? R-U-E, Rue? Rue, uh-huh. You know, they, they, grow it, they grow it a lot in English gardens, which stay wet, and it gets cold. I think the thing with rue is probably need to keep it in a, like a raised bed or a place that doesn't stay wet. Uh, I want to say that rue uh, is a Mediterranean plant that, that really resents staying its root staying wet. So if you've got a raised bed or if you have a container you can sink partways in the ground, I think it'll do fine there. Uh-huh. It, it just made the, I think the big problem is root rot. Okay. And the other thing is t- turmeric. I got the turmeric plant. Yeah, now, you know, that's, yeah, that's, that, that, that grows a lot like a ginger. And, I, again, you know, this is, this is really strange because I wrote a book on tough plants for Florida gardens, tough plants for north gardens, tough plants for southern gardens. And I, I, I just don't – I've never grown turmeric – but I want to say that it'll do fine if you mulch it really well. I don't know. So, you know, I'm going to have to get back with you about that. I, I'm, I'm one of the experts not going to make stuff up. But I okay, want to say well, I know it's hardy on the coast, but I don't know about in, in Oxford unless you mulch it real well. And, again, does not want to stay wet. Okay. It's like rude then. Uh, yeah. the, other two, the other thing is I'd like to know how to harvest them. What's the best way to okay. harvest to, to, We need to do an email thing because we're, you know, we're right at the end of the program. Okay. But if you could send me an email, uh, then it'll do, it'll do me some good to have to look these things up again. Okay, tell me again your email address. Garden at mpbonline.org. And we're going to make sure that this stuff comes comes through. So anyway, Thank you so much. okay, good luck on it, Mary. And uh, hey, I love it. You stumped me on three things right off the bat. At the end of my program, I get stumped. I appreciate it. <laughs> you know, luckily, luckily, I've got a face mask that now smells like coffee and it'll keep me company on the walk home. I'm Horticulture's Felder Rushing, Java Chapman, my awesome producer, Kevin Farrell, the producer and also director of radio here. We've been pulling together to help bring this party to y'all and if i get stumped i don't mind learning stuff because people email me and help me out and i'll go look it up because i'm that kind of guy anyway if you get a chance this weekend it's hot it's a halloween weekend not a lot of places they have a trick-or-treating a lot of little local events and things like that but take a kid to a farmer's market find a farmer's market or a garden center take a kid there or take yourself there and relearn some stuff you might have forgotten about What's so important about gardening, that's the joy of getting dirty. We'll see y'all next week.